I am now double recording. I'm triple recording, buddy. All right. A little timestamp there. Um, well, welcome no, to Test Plug. I know I got to get that all out of my system. Um, oh, whisker. Come on, you should be a pu better public speaker than this. No, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. This is my first venture ever into the world of public speaking. So uh, you're all welcome to join me as I fumble my way through this. Um, today we're talking with to Chris Jacobson of Harem Woodworking. Um, I think I just figured out how to say the name. I was trying to say it wrong several times now, but uh, I think I got it figured out. How are you doing, Chris? And then I've been saying it wrong for years. <laughs> I don't know. I pronounce it Hiram word woodworking, but ah, going the Japanese route as opposed to the Hebrew English. route. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it is what it is. <laughs> it's a name. Excellent. So, uh, how are you, sir? Doing all right. Living life, living the dream. Figured we'd get some of those post each week. Yeah, that post Corona, pre Corona stuff out there. Active we know corona. active Corona. Who knows? Somebody might be watching this in the future, and uh, all of that will be solved, and we'll be back to work and back to normal. They'll be like, I don't know what they were freaking out about. <laughs> it was all made up by the government, anyways. So, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how this turns out in the next couple of years on who's who's on who. So uh, the first question is, uh, how did you start with woodworking? I've always been a tinkerer, somebody that is trying to fix or modify stuff. My dad grew up the same way and he would he'd do anything from replacing the full engine of his truck to building my brother and I bunk beds to fixing the front door to whatever, to rewiring anything he could do. He was an electronics technician by trade. So I learned a little bit of that from him. And then I really got my start in high school in woodshop. Cool, cool. I took woodshop and then I took advanced woodshop and then I took wood carving, advanced wood carving. And then I started taking that class more and more i just took it every quarter or semester i could until finally the, the woodshop teacher just stopped making me do pre-assigned projects and i could just kind of make up my own thing and do whatever i wanted sweet so did you have tools at home as well or was this mostly just stuff you did at school it was just at school at that point other than that in high school i was just skateboarding and going to concerts so woodwork was just kind of the fun thing I like to do at school. And why did you choose wood over, let's say, metal or welding or cars and stuff? I've, I've never had an interest in cars and like mechanical stuff like that. I don't know why I just, even though, like I said, my dad is so very well-versed in so many different things. He, he re literally replaced the engine in his truck twice the transmission once like the clutch everything like he had the truck since 1980 and i think he finally got rid of it in 96 and had done all the work on it himself but 
I yeah. just didn't like, I didn't like that many moving pieces. I think we come from a different generation because my dad was a car fixer too. And I just, I'd rather take it into a shop and just have it done. Yeah. There's certain things I just want to pay a professional to do and other things I'll fumble through and try and figure out on my own. Yeah. Have you been in Seattle your whole life then? I've been in Seattle for 24 years of my 37 years alive. So more or less my whole adult life up and down the West coast, my whole life though. I was born in California, lived in Oregon, lived back in California and then moved back here. So, gotcha. so trees have always been around you though. <laughs> in one form or another. Yeah. Trees in the West coast, the, the ocean in some sort of fashion. Yeah. What were some of your favorite projects as a kid or in school, I should say? Early on in school, I, I immediately gravitated towards the lathe once I was able to get on it safely. I remember one of the first projects I made was just a mini little 18-inch baseball bat. Because why not? It's, why easy. Not? it's a nice little easy spindle-turning project and... Who doesn't want to carry around a bat when you're a teenager? That is the uh, skateboard slash punk thing to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Keep it in my car or just put it in my backpack if I'm skating somewhere. You never know when someone's going to come after you because you're some punk skater. Did your mom and dad have like a shelf full of stuff filled up of little Chris projects? Not really. <laughs> I don't know where most of them went. I think my mom has, she might still have it. I need to ask her for it but I sent her a, a wood carving of a mushroom house that was maybe about 12 inches tall. And we rough cut out the shape of it and then actually did chip carving on the whole face to make it look like a little mushroom house. It was one of the first projects we had in wood carving. And I think she still has it. She put it on one of the doors in her house. At one point. Nice. Nice. I know I've seen a lot of your work um, and, some of the preview reel showed some of that, but uh, you definitely have mastered on some things. Um, still learning, I know, but uh, it seems like it's going to actually be something that you can maybe even, I guess, I guess you're teaching some classes coming up soon. I was hopeful to teach some classes. Uh, I got the opportunity to hopefully do something with the Pratt Art Institute here in Seattle. Oh, that's cool doing uh, remote learning because of the whole COVID-19 shutdown of everything. They are not able to even open their wood shop right now. Oh, wow. Even small classes, let alone to let people that rent the space use it. But so far the attendance has been sporadic. So my first class got canceled because there wasn't enough attendance to make it worth it. But regardless in the future, I definitely want to do some sort of teaching when with regards to woodworking and or wood turning specifically. Nice, nice. So let's, uh, let's start with that then. What do you think people need as far as space or tools to get started on something like this? I think as far as wood turning goes? Well, woodworking in general, you could start with that. Uh, I would say first you need the passion for it. That's what started me, restarted me, I should say. It was about four or five years ago. I was working just a construction job and a friend that I was working with, his dad, who was in his 80s, couldn't stand 
long enough to be at his lathe. Right. So he was selling it. And I was like, oh, I remember liking wood turning in high school. That was, you know, that was a while ago, but, you know, if the price is right. I'd, I'd like to get it. And I did. And that was where it all started. I didn't even have a shop. I tucked it under our stairs behind our house. So yeah. it would stay out of the rain. But I would pull it out into the yard and pull out an extension cord and just do it in the middle of our yard and throw the wood shavings everywhere and, you know, mow them up later or just leave them. Right, right. Something for your dogs to play in, you know. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make the wife too happy because they're small dogs with lots of fur and they just roll in the wood shavings and then it would just Velcro to them. And then they'd come into the house and just sprinkle it all around the house. But... Oh, well, they were outside playing and having fun. That's what dogs do. Yeah, yeah. Where would you say a good place to start um, would be? Like classes, or I know that some of the wood places in town offer some stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know what's currently being offered because of the right, coronavirus where we are. <laughs> and where we're at in society right now with the unknown of this virus but i do know that locally here in seattle there's we have a rockler woodworking store and a woodcraft woodworking store and they sporadically will do classes small classes or somebody could rent the space and teach a class as well that's pretty cool and i know that there's plenty of uh opportunities with the local wood turning clubs or local woodworking clubs where maybe you could do a one-off session with a member of the club and use them as a mentor even. Oh. And be able to either do it at their shop if they feel comfortable and you take the right precautions or find another space to do it. Nice, nice. So uh, what's your favorite type of wood to carve on? Carve on? Well, to, to turn or to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I love locust wood. It's not a common wood that a lot of people hear, but it's got a lot of really neat grain in it. It's got a lot of uh, the patterns go kind of all over the place. It's e semi easy to find here in the Northwest. So it's and there's a black locust and a honey locust style, and so the colors in it vary greatly. The honey locust has like reds and and almost a little orangish yellows to it. And then the black locust has like dark browns, light browns, and like yellows in it. Awesome. Is it a harder wood or a softer wood? It's hard. Oh, really? Okay. It's very hard. It's more fun to turn when it's green or wet. If okay. it's just recently been cut down. If you're cutting it when it's dry, you're going to be sharpening your tools a lot more and it's going to be tough. Gotcha. Now I know some of your times have changed a little bit because of working situation, but um, what are some future projects you have as far as for turning or stuff you'd like um, to get into maybe even? I definitely, right before my job change recently, I started getting into doing basket weave illusion bowls. Oh. So they're kind of, you use a solid piece of wood, and then you mark out the lines on it, burn those, and then burn them vertically so it actually looks, it looks like a basket hmm. on the 
the outside or the inside, or you can do both. And then you can do different styles and patterns in it. Nice. That's something I kind of gravi have gravitated towards recently that I want to continue to do a little more of. Nice, nice. Um, have you had any, I know you haven't overly tried to sell your stuff like um, at a, sh a show or anything like that, but um, where have you found the best market for advertising for products and stuff like that? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I don't directly advertise if anything it's mostly just through word of mouth or somebody will see a piece that i've made yeah. and either want me to make that piece for them or they'll want to buy that piece specifically but i haven't like you said i haven't tried to actively go to craft shows or or set up a booth somewhere to be able to sell my wares i just haven't had a, haven't made enough of them to be able to have a, a enough quantity right um, I know in the past you've made some cutting boards and thing like that and some th stuff like that, or even some um, countertops. Uh, is that something that you'd like to continue doing or would you like to just hone it more towards the, the turning? I'll make anything if it's made out of wood. It's, <laughs> it's fun. I, I'm always, I'm always making the cutting board here and there for a friend. They're, they're perfect little housewarming gifts or, or gifts for somebody for a special occasion. So that's usually, I'll get asked by my wife, hey, so-and-so's got this anniversary coming up or they moved and they need a cutting board. So it's a good excuse to go into the shop and nice. glue some wood together. What um, would you say is the cost versus the enjoyment of woodworking? I think the enjoyment outweighs anything. I mean, it can, you can spend any, anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to get started, or you can spend tens of thousands of dollars to get all the tools that you want. Right. But ultimate, ultimately, if, if you can enjoy making something with your bare hands and making something, a piece that's a one of a kind thing that somebody's going to enjoy forever, then there, the cost of that is is nominal as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you see this as like a thing that you can pass on to, like, I know you don't have any children right now, but like, is that something you've thought of too, is like how to um, pass this on to future generations? I guess with the classes, that's a little bit of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a nephew who's nine who... Right now, all he wants to do is play on his Nintendo Switch and ride his bike with his friends. So very, very similar to yourself, even though just a few years younger. Yeah. But I'm, I'm even reaching out to friends' kids and trying to see, you know, just gauge their interest. Because if they're not interested in it, yeah, then it's not something you can force. Right. But sooner or later, they're gonna have that desire to do something manual with their hands. Yeah. And if they're there, then I'd like to be able to take that opportunity. And that's where sometimes the, the classes or the one-on-one -on -one teaching sessions can be. I, when I go, when we were able to go to the wood turning clubs that in, in our area, our club meets once a month. Now we do it over zoom, but right. 
before in person, I would go and I would literally be the youngest person by oh, wow. 30 plus years. <laughs> and so seeing that activity in the club and seeing so much, so, so many years of knowledge, right. but nobody even our age and especially younger learning that it, you know, it's definitely something that I want to help, you know, keep, keep that craft alive even though it's, I'm not old. And when I said it once, one of the older guys kind of laughed at me and made me feel like I was their age because <laughs> I got to keep this craft alive. These young kids these days don't know what it's like, you know? Well, I think with some of the, like the Nick Offerman and I know a lot of other, there's some other celebrities that are kind of, uh, sewing their, uh, um, woodworking skills now to the world um it does seem like it's something that there's a little bit of a resurgence of people doing some handcrafting and things like that yeah and i even think that this opportunity of being less able to be able to do stuff outside or go and do things if you're stuck in the house you're going to want to do something and still everyone has a way of being creative in some way right they're going right. to find that way whether it's through sewing or knitting woodworking you could even do small resin crafts in the house you know start a podcast doesn't... yeah start a podcast start a youtube channel you can you can do it all now all from the comfort of your home and you don't even have to invest a lot of tools so that's yeah. kind of something fun that even my wife has gotten into recently is just doing little resin crafting crafts and, and making little things here and there. That's actually a good segue. Um, I noticed uh, you had some projects that you'd made where you'd made some globes and um, things like that out of resin. Is that uh, harder to do than actually working with wood or? It's, it's not any harder or more difficult to work as a material. It, it takes a little little more to polish it up, a little more right. to kind of prepare the wood sometimes. Because depending on what you're doing with the resin and how deep you're pouring it, you may need other tools for it. And you want to make sure your wood is dry. You know, resin usually doesn't work well with moisture. Ah. So that can be a challenge sometimes. But ultimately, you can kind of have fun with it. Nice. Fail, yeah. fail with it even. I have plenty of all my failures. I, I'm looking around and seeing multiple just in front of me. Like ones where you're like, I just, I tried to do this, but it didn't work out that well because there's all these wormholes in it. Looks but great from here. It's cool looking. Yeah. So, sure. Yes. It's a paperweight. <laughs> a round roll off the desk paperweight. <laughs> well, it's got two friends that sit on a giant piece of log ah, okay. <laughs> it does nothing but collect dust but it's cool looking dust hey you know dust has to go somewhere well is there any uh, questions you had for uh for me or for uh what uh test plug um is heading in or how i'm just rambling at this point so <laughs> I, well, that's because test plug doesn't know where test plug is going. There is definitely some truth fun, to that. <laughs> that's kind of the fun part of it is you could take this in so many different directions and you, your background, you have so many different things that you've done over the years 
different crafts that you've gotten into and different stuff that you've been able to build and, and work on and modify that the, the scope of your audience is going to be really eclectic, I think. And that's going to be great because you're going to bring different people to see things that maybe they wouldn't know that they were interested in until they get introduced to it. Yeah. I have uh, some interviews lined up for some people from Russia. Um, I have a lot of different toy makers, um, a lot of bootleg figure action figure makers, um, several different artists. Um, I'm looking to also maybe interview some uh, music artists too. I know you, that's not, it's not your forte anymore, but uh, there was a time where you used to jam out like. <laughs> I still listen to music and love music. Uh, music is the thing that will never go away with me just yeah. because I, I'm not actively playing in bands anymore. doesn't mean that. That's true. That's true. Music isn't something that I love. Like during my lunch breaks recently, cause I'm at an office half the time I just fired up YouTube and most of the woodworking videos I want to watch are too long. Right. So I try to find something shorter. I started watching this, this guy who's got, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but he just, each video he'll just break down a random song and oh, nice. tell you how that song is so great and pick out pieces of the song like this is why this vocal part is so good this drum part and and like and stereo them out and and single them out and it's like 10 or 15 minutes long and i'm just like this is great yes i already love this song but now i know even more why it's even better so nice nice well i've just figured out how i'm going to do the like and subscribe thing I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. So I'm going to ask our guests. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because then you don't have to sound stupid. They Bingo. Can sound stupid. And then you don't have to worry about it. And then you get so many different ways of people saying, like and subscribe and smash that like button. And love this video. Comment on everything. With a... Uh, dubstep dropping in the background and uh, explosions. I'm going to add some big explosions and yeah, uh, yeah that yeah, sounds good. Fire everywhere and cats with guns and you know, you can do Well, whatever. lasers, lasers, not guns. I mean, come on, this is the 90s. <laughs> it's not the 90s. In my head, it still is and will always be. <laughs> well, that's because we are children of the 90s. That is true. That is true. All right, well, I can't say your name right. Let's start that again. Well, Chris Jacobson, it's been nice interviewing you. Um, I'd like to see some projects coming up. I know I'm going to be asking for some help with some uh, resin casting in the near future. Um, but we'll see a lot more of you. Thanks for watching Test Plug. Now you do the like and subscribe. I already did it. You got to cut the one I did earlier and out. And then, no, I got to do it again. This it's is where everyone needs to like and subscribe and love Test Plug because Test is amazing. And if you don't comment on this video, then I'm going to think you don't like me and you don't like test plug. See, and we don't like that. That was so much better. All right, Chris, thanks for hanging out with me. Catch you on the flip. Bye. All right. Well, that was interesting. In what, in what sense? No, I just, well, like halfway through, I realized that I'm looking at you and not at the camera and stuff like that. Like, you oh, know, so I put, I put me, I put the icon of me right below my camera. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, so moved, I moved your, at least like, yeah. Then I there? It's all that zoom practice with meetings. Like I had to read for the book study last night.
but I put the book study right here so I can oh, gotcha. at least like read it and then still kind of stare in this general direction right, right. if people are even watching me, which I don't know why you want to watch somebody read the book study. <laughs> um, Elliot's got a teleprompter now. Of course he does. He will buy all the technology he wants to do all the things he wants and justify it however he wants. That's Elliot. That's actually Annie Murphy, actually. That's Kevin does quite a bit of that also. Yeah. Are you going to interview Kevin? Um, eventually, I don't know if he'll be up to it. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, yeah, he's a weirdo. Yeah. Romansky doesn't think he does anything, so Romansky doesn't, you know, he's like, oh, I don't really do anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Romansky was what Romansky was oddly enough part of my influence. Romansky and Richards were part of my like re-influence and resurgence into woodworking. Yeah. From working at Blue Tiger and seeing all the fun stuff they were doing at the new warehouse. Oh right. And then I had access to Brandon's little table saw oh, okay. and a planer <laughs> that he just left there. So I took it home once and made a pallet wood table out of it that fell apart in like six months, but it worked for the one party that Ingrid wanted it for. Hey, so. well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now I got about yeah, six it, hours it, of editing on this. <laughs> that promo, I was up till three o'clock last night working on the promo. Seriously? Yeah. Sorry it took me so long to get you the footage. No, it's okay. It, um, it's just you're just tweaking stuff and yeah. learning still. Well, that's the biggest thing is like, I'll do two things. Um, So I'm using Adobe, Adobe um, Premiere Rush, Mm -hmm. which is their, um, I should give you my login for the creative cloud. I have, we have one. Do you? Yeah. So why are you using Rush then? Isn't Rush the like. It actually is really easy. Well, yeah. Cause it's the stripped down easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually really okay. easy. Um, the only thing I don't, I need to figure out a better way to, to do is um, is music editing um, because it's really hard, like finding beats and lining up beats. Um, is I don't know if you how in, de- in depth you listen to that promo, but that was Not half. <laughs> that was half. It was just like trying to get it even somewhat so that the beats kind of matched up a little bit and stuff like that. It was you got to find the right music for the right tempo of the yeah whatever you're trying to lay underneath it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. And all I'm using, I'm I have to use stupid um, free library stuff from you know because yeah. YouTube is a stickler. There's good websites for that too. There are. I've I haven't decided to pay for them yet. Um, there's one uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick because it's a woodworker that was doing it. I think it's called. The guys are blowing me up right now because Josh was supposed to. Um, Josh was supposed to be uh, doing video games or board games with them and never. Go to Ample, A-M-P-L-E, tunes.com. They're, they're, uh, I think it's this place. I can't remember. 
Yeah, I think because I think they they don't have a wide selection of music, right? But it's basically just like you know uh, the honor system for it. So, gotcha, gotcha. So at least you can get like some good full length songs to to use. Yeah. Well, YouTube actually has a pretty decent library of it, and it's yeah, but everyone uses all the same. I know songs. that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So that's where amplitude is nice. It's a little smaller and. Gotcha. You don't see. I was gonna hold this up. Oh. In the video. I'll, I'll I, um. If you want to send me some other videos, some other stuff, I'll uh. Throw that in there in the background and stuff too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't video. I don't know. Yeah. Video's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So getting stuff from the PC to my iPhone where I could then put it up on YouTube was the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> I'm losing you. I bet. <laughs> I'm sure there is some easy way to do it, but if I had a newer phone, I could use iCloud, but apparently I can't use iCloud on my phone. I don't know what that is. What? So when I go to... That's why I just use the iCloud library. I figured, because I think you can just save those images or those videos and save them in the resolution that they are. Right. Yeah, so iCloud Whereas storage. if I were to text you'd get oh. crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have two backups of the audio if you want it. Okay. Can you, um, I think in that iCloud that I started. Yes. That I sent you the videos in. Can you add uh, the promo video and I can upload yeah. to my I can Instagrams. Do <laughs> um, but that's the thing. That's what I, this, this job is just sucking all my mental energy. And so when I get home, I'm like, I don't want to post anything. I don't want to look at my phone. I don't want like, yeah, to. I'm just so tired. True. Well, this is your, what, second week now? third week almost oh, been wow. almost three weeks and you're up at five o'clock last week i worked <sighs> yeah on average if not four Oof. and that four is by choice five yeah. is standard for me the technical work time is seven to three thirty, but for some reason i have to be on a call at 6 a.m oh so basically it's six i'm like well then i'm starting at six <laughs> uh you think you're gonna I mean, obviously, money is money, but do you think this is something you can see sticking with, or? But yeah, yeah. It's once I build the the routine of just getting up and going. I mean, I wake up fine in the mornings. I'm not you, so I can. I'm a morning person. Well, the funny thing is, I have been a morning person my whole life. Just with this whole COVID thing, I've been staying up till three in the morning. <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, I guess you're dealing less with your sleep apnea now, so. Right, right. Because <laughs> you got the mask and all the, the Darth Vader-ness, right? I, I have that. Um, I don't still <laughs> use it as much as I should. <laughs> it's like wearing a retainer. You just do it anyways because yeah. it's going to be better for you. 
The problem I'm still having though is that my nasal is always stuffed up and I can't use it when my nose is stuffed up. So uh -oh. I still have to go and get that checked out onto why that's happening. And then once that's uh -huh. fixed, then I can use the CPAP. Yeah. So when I have a good night and my nose is all cleared up, I can use the CPAP. But then there's 60% of the rest of the time where I can't barely breathe out of my nose. Yuck. Yeah. Probably allergic to everything. That's what it is. You know, just wear a mask all the time. There you go. I just That's moved been the country. wearing a mask all day long. Have you found one that you like? Um, I just got these. They're interesting. I used them. What is that? Why is that sticky? <laughs> I just got these yesterday, and they actually work fairly well. But they, uh, everything fogs up with you with wearing glasses. It's like this one goes over your ears and then you tighten it back here. Oh, okay. But it's got the nose clip too. So you can 